I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Hometown Glory, your Spurs and Culture podcast. I'm Rosa, and tonight I'm joined by Ash and by Billy to discuss our extremely professional win over Everton um, that followed the, shall we say, less professional win over Frankfurt. Um, guys, we're still a roller coaster, but I'm calling it. We're good. Who's with me? Billy? Yeah, man, we're good. We're well good, in fact. I thought we were really good against Everton. Um, Frankfurt was, a, you know, a huge... Champions League win. I, I don't think you can take this stuff for granted. We've won three games in a week. One of them has been in the Champions League. One of them's away at Brighton and one of them's at home at Everton. Like, don't forget this time last year, like Nuno was like still, we were still out in the shadow of Nuno. Like, we only just sacked him. In fact, he was still manager this time last year. Um, and the fact that how far we've come in a year, like we, we just can't take this for granted, man. That's three massive wins in a week. Yeah, we're buzzing. We're good. Ash, did you get to see the game? Because I know you were sort of on your sick bed and I took your ticket. So thank you so much for that. And I got to like experience the joy of being very, very close to the pitch and watching like Romero, like basically swear at uh, the linesman several times, but in like a really very sort of cool and sexy way. So thank you very much for that. But did you see it and did you enjoy it? I saw a little bit. I, I did nearly die um as a man having a flu but um yeah like we were really good like and I think it just sets us up perfectly for like this the next stage of the season we've got like five more I think Premier League games and we're like obviously in touching distance of like our arch nemesis so I feel really good about it and yeah it just felt like a really professional controlled performance and I like the fact that and it almost feels and it probably is planned but we're just starting to play better and control these games. And it all just feels like sort of Conte's thought this through. I feel like he has, and it's all coming together. Yeah, just quickly, by arch nemesis, you of course mean Manchester City because we don't acknowledge other teams in this house, right? Of course. Of course. So that's fine. 
I feel like we we were sort of we've actually been kind of weirdly lucky because obviously I felt I really felt for Richarlison going off injured but it means that Basuma is now finally ready to play right and so he could just slot in and the 3-5-2 just looked brilliant like there was like some idiotic tweet during the rounds that was like expressing shock at Conte bringing on a defensive midfielder for Richarlison and I was like I don't like you obviously haven't been paying attention because it immediately pushed everybody higher up the pitch, right? And suddenly Hoybier and Bentoncourt were just kind of free to just apply so much pressure. And I was talking to my dad about it afterwards and he was like that, we were just smothering them. It was like Conte's Juventus and like, I can't be mad about that at all. I I personally loved it. What about you guys, Billy? Yeah, man, I, th- I, I know the exact tweet you're referring to. It's one of them like... Um... It's one of those like football betting accounts that's like obviously run by some teenager. And like there seems to be this weird perception online that we are a really boring football team, which may have been true like a few games ago. But, you know, Frankfurt, I'd say since the Frankfurt away game in the Champions League, we've been really decent. And like I enjoy watching us play in this way where it's just like really competent at football and like controlling the game. And, it's, you know, we're not going out smashing teams five or six nil, but we're, we're like precisely controlling the game exactly in the way that Conte wants. And like, I think as a fan, you do want to see that, especially because of what we're used to as being a Tottenham fan. I remember when um, Con- Conte's very, very first game in charge, that like Vitesse game, like that was just absolutely mad. And he said after it, that he doesn't like football like that. And now a year later, we're seeing the sort of fruits of all the labour that we've put in over the last year. And like, we're just like controlling games in, in the exact precise way that he is obviously asking for. And I don't buy the fact that that was a defensive sub. Because I, think I'm, I think I remember seeing so at the time, when Basuma came on, we had like seven shots in like the first 15 minutes that Basuma was on the pitch. So it's just like the kind of sort of virgin football ratio Twitter banter that they pedal out to kind of undermine the, the goodness that we have it showing at the moment. So and I don't buy it at all because I really, really enjoyed Everton. I thought we I thought we were brilliant. Um and yeah, I mean if that's a boring football match, then I'll I'll take boring football match all season if that's what it's like. This is it, right? I feel like there was like Basuma came on and we like immediately had like an amazing chance to score right and it just felt like that just suddenly like the tempo picked up Everton I don't I don't blame them for the way they played at all and I can be sort of magnanimous about it now that we've won but they did come to kind of probably get a draw they would they were trying to spoil the game lots of like little niggly fouls and lots of time wasting and that's fine that's what they don't have a very good they you know they were missing a couple of players and they don't have a very good attack and they've got like a more solid defense now so they did what they had to do but ultimately we wore them down didn't we yeah and I'm just absolutely buzzing for Basuma because I feel like as football fans sometimes we can like we kind of put too much pressure on these new signings and I think um I know we were talking about this in the group chat this week that because Benton and Kudasevsky when they came in in January they pretty much hit the ground running straight away and it's kind of made that seem like a normal thing, but it's really, really not. Um, and we, we're kind of hoping for this kind of performance from Basuma against West Ham away, maybe, or the game that he played at, um, against Brighton. Where he looked good. He'd improved on the West Ham away game, but he still wasn't amazing. But this was finally the kind of Basuma performance where I think it's like showed that he's arrived at Tottenham now. And Conte was like bigging him up in, in, the, in the game afterwards. And um, I just think he's such an exciting sign. And I think this is just the beginning for him, really. And now I think... That we've got the 3-5-2. I think we're going to see it again against Man United, hopefully. 
Um, although I know Conte is quotes to a little, maybe a little bit um, saying that that might not happen against Man United, but who knows? But I'm just really buzzing that he's finally arrived at Tottenham Basuma. I think it's just the beginning, man. Yeah, I feel so pleased for him because I think he did, yeah, he did have that kind of tough start and we were all waiting for him. And it is that thing of he was probably the main guy at Brighton and you just, that's just not what Conte's about. You have to prove yourself all over again, right? And he really, really did. And he seems to absolutely love it. He was he was the last person to leave the pitch again on Saturday, wasn't he? Um, that game really had something for everyone as well because it had like the return of Oliver Skip and then like a minute for Spence as well. So it's just like a beautiful kind of coronation really for everybody. Um, Ash, I know that you are one of the people who is driven most insane by the like mad narrative around Conte and our like mental fans who are like calling for his head. Do you feel like like this nonsense has to stop now, right? Like this is the end. Like Conte knows what he's doing. We're good. Why are you all complaining? Stop it. You're insane. Oh, it's never going to stop. It will just carry on like forever. It's so like, true. That's just, it. You can't stop it. Waiting. They're just waiting for like anything to happen and they'll like come out again. But I just think like, look, like Billy said, like we were, we were miles off like a year ago and I was like, it's going to take us seasons to get back into top four. And by the end of the season where we're in the top four um he's like top of the champions league group like a few points off the top of the league and we're in october so i find it really weird like this narrative that bizarrely seems to be coming from opposition fans and like parroted by our fans that like we're boring or like conte doesn't know what he's doing like he's a proven winner and he definitely knows what he's doing so yeah i i think we should need to enjoy it because i think we're going to just get better as the season goes on and I think one of the like criticisms of Conte that I've seen online is like the way that he talks about players. But if you see the response from Basuma and Doherty, I know we're going to talk about it a bit later on. Like he he does it all on purpose, and he get he does it to get the exact reaction that we're seeing from the players. He does it as like a challenge, like a call to arms for these players. And look at the way that Matt Doherty, like it was like a school kid afterwards when he got that Conte approval. These players would do anything to get his approval. So when they talk about oh he's so he's too critical of the players and like no that's what he is that's what he's about and they would they would die to get his approval and it showed that on you know when Matt Doherty came off and he was absolutely buzzing that Conte gave him a hug like that's what a winner does he 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 strives these players to the next level and yeah he sometimes can be critical of them in the press conference but it's all by design and it's all trying to get these players to be better and it has happened and Basuma and Doherty have both risen to the Conte challenge um so i just I, I just can't believe that we're sort of allowing ourselves to criticize these things that he does and the the thing about it for me is you kind of expect that from rival fans it's what rival fans do um you know people will say that we're playing boring football because we're doing well or people will say that conte is the next Mourinho because they're worried that he's going to do well but from our own fans man we don't need it we need to get behind this guy because he has the best chance that we've got a success um anytime soon that's for sure just on the note as well of like what he says about players he sent Perisic on loan for a year before he played him at Inter and then he like came back and basically bossed the league so I think like Billy says you've got to just trust this guy and just like let him do his job and like all will be well and I do feel I've said this I said this to you guys in our group chat that I might live to regret it but and 
maybe it's because the last obviously the last couple of weeks were really emotional for the club and for him in particular but I do feel like he has a connection with us now like a proper emotional connection and whether that's because of what's just happened or or is it just because we're his biggest challenge yeah and I think that connection you can really see it in the stadium like I think sometimes we all get dragged into Twitter like it's such a like it can really sort of affect the way that you view view certain aspects of football but you've got to realize sometimes you've got to step back and realize it's just Twitter but when you go into the stadium like the whole fan base is right behind this guy and you know maybe Twitter is like a, a black mirror to the actual the fan base and you know what's going on in the stadium is where you get the real sort of the real view of the fan base because Every single person is right behind Conte. I know he's came out and said um, that when the fan base are behind us like that, it makes a huge, <clears throat> huge difference to the team and he really, really appreciates it. And we've won 10 home games in a row. There's no accident. Like the fans and Conte and everyone is together now. And we've just got to push on and see what happens this season. Because if we keep doing going like this, you know, who knows what could happen this season? We're right up there, the top of a Champions League group. We're still in four competitions. Who knows what's going to happen? But I just know we've got to get behind this guy and see what happens. Yeah, I really felt that on Saturday as well, especially sitting like much, much closer to the South Sands than I normally do. There was just a lot more noise. Um, I like where I normally sit, but obviously it can sometimes get a little bit quiet. Um, So it was just lovely to be kind of surrounded by that sort of love and warmth and kind of very little complaining, really. Um, I do feel like you're right, Bill. We have to just take this moment like we've won 10 home games in a row. We've only, we've lost once this season in the league. Um, this is our best start since 1963. We've turned that stadium finally into a fortress. Yeah. And I've just got to go classic um, hometown glory and the fact that we um, have been going for, you know, quite a while now in this episode and haven't mentioned Harry Kane yet because he was fucking ridiculously good against Everton, man. He's sort of looking like the sort of when he burst onto the scene in the Pochettino era. Like he's beating players, he's taking players on, he's locking the ball past players and running into it. Um, scored another penalty, was one involved in the second goal. That was like a vintage Harry Kane performance. And this guy is just like rattling out these performances. I know he's just come 21st in the Panandor list um, as we record this. But how many players in the Premier League can put, put this level of performance in that he's put over the last, this season? I think he scored nine game, nine goals in ten games. Now he scored in five Premier League games in a row. Like, I think, I think we all do it. We all take this guy for granted. Like, it's just the levels that he constantly produces is just unbelievable. Like, I'm just running out of ways to describe this guy. Like, as we have run out of ways to describe him over the last six or seven years that he's been doing this now. But that was such a good Harry Kane performance, right? And like coming off the back of the midweek performance as well. I just, I don't really understand the kind of levels of, of fitness that he's reaching right now. And it was like being that, again, being that close to the pitch and being able to watch him just to see, like, I, I know he's so strong and I know he's so skillful, but it was so cool just being able to see it like right there in front of me. And I think as well, that's just classic Kane. Like he missed a penalty in midweek, like really uncharacteristically. And then it was like, here's another opportunity. But you just didn't, but like, once again, you just had no doubt that he was just going to put it away, no problems. Um, that Do we want to just like take a little trip back to that mad, mad, mad Frankfurt game? Because it was like 
glorious for about for like 80 minutes and then 10 minutes of complete insanity I feel like we really needed the Everton game to be as kind of calm and solid and professional as it was because that was quite stressful yeah also you guys no I was going to say the Frankfurt game bizarrely felt like the game that Billy referenced earlier Conte's first game where everything was just insane and yeah the Everton game was like really welcome just because and I think Conte was really happy with the Everton Everton performance because it felt so controlled um but I think European games can be like that and I perhaps we were just sort of reserving energy for the weekend well I don't I'm not worried about it yeah and no, I, think, I don't uh, think I am either actually sorry Bill you go first oh no yeah I just think like there was a lot of talk after that game you know when when they went down to 10 men like we didn't really push on um we had a good spill in the second half and then they went down to 10 men and we kind of stopped playing. But again, I think it's all on purpose. Like, we're obviously just thinking we've got this ridiculous schedule where we're playing two games a week until the World Cup. So I think they got, you know, we went, we were two one up against 10 men. So we just thought, you know, we're not going to reserve any energy. And it just about paid off in the end. But we're going to have to take these gambles all season in this ridiculous World Cup, like, super season. Like, we can't go full pelt every single game. And, you know, we got the three points at the end of the day. And to go behind and then then put in that kind of performance and get 3-1 up. And then, you know, the madness that happened at the end. Like, this is in the Champions League. Like, these guys are no mugs. Like, they won the Europa League last year. Um, you know, they're not a terrible team by any stretch of the imagination. So, I just think, like, we've got these wins and, like, winning in the Champions League is something that we've got to savour because it doesn't happen every year. You know, who knows what could happen if we're even going to be in the Champions League next year. Touch wood that we will be. But, you know, winning in the Champions League is such a big thing. So I'm just glad that we got it over the line, really. Yeah, and also it's been a couple of years that we've been out of it. So it is a bit sort of finding our feet in the competition again. The other thing about um, Frankfurt was they should have been down to nine men. Like, I know that sounds like a bit of an excuse, but they absolutely should have been. And because the referee just bottled it, they were out, they were able to take off their like 50 year old defender and bring on um, like another attacker, which is fine. That's what that's what you do. But like they shouldn't have been given that opportunity. And then Kane missing a penalty is one of those just sort of weird things that doesn't happen very often. So it's not like we collapsed against like 11 men right and then and they like so like that we that it didn't feel at the time you know it felt very close to disaster but kind of looking at it the sort of following day I actually don't feel like it was chaotic as perhaps it seemed at the time and Kane missing a pen is unusual but also Kane misplacing that pass to Hill is even like that just looks so weird because that's a like food and drink for Kane that kind of all he could do that in his sleep so you know we were two like Kane mistakes away from uh, winning that game very very comfortably and you know he's, he is only human at the end of the day and he was playing like another 90 minutes in another game and he's but I think the encouraging thing for me is so he played 90 minutes or as good as 90 minutes midweek um, but he just looks like another level of fitness like you were saying earlier he looks as fit now as I've ever seen him and he's it's strange because when we bought Richarlison we kind of maybe hypothesized that we might see Kane be sub for some games it's just not going to happen is it ever like literally ever. And I think we were maybe concerned that maybe for the World Cup, Kane might, you know, take it easy for a few games and not go, go full part. But he looks fitter than ever. He's chasing down everything. He's beating players left, right and centre. I am just I just can't believe this, this weird fitness thing that we've seen from Kane now. I'm really, really happy for it. I think he really, really wants it, doesn't he? I think that's the... 
that's him and that's the Conte effect. Like there's something about Antonio Conte. I feel like all of those players would absolutely die for him, wouldn't they? Yeah, it's also Haaland as well. I think Kane is ultra competitive and I think like having another top striker come in the league and like get off to the scoring style that he has is like bizarrely to our benefit with Kane because he's just not going to have it. And he obviously, he like loves all the, you know, all these records that he breaks like every week. He obviously keeps an eye on everything. And I think the Greaves thing, the England record, like he knows like how many goals away he is at all times. So yeah, Bazaar is going to play into our hands because he's going to go for like all of those records like pre-Christmas, um, which would be mad. Yeah, it yeah. really made me laugh because when he was interviewed after um, the game on Saturday, I think the interviewer was like, oh, you know, you're only like nine off Greaves's record. And he was like, oh, am I? I just I just don't really think about that. And I'm like, like <laughs> exactly. we, yeah, <laughs> we know you do. We know you do. And what is he now? I think he's like what two off England and nine off Greaves. So he'll do both this year without doubt. And that's just like he's going to finish this season top England goal scorer and top Tottenham goal scorer. And then he's well on his way to being top Premier League goal scorer. Like uh, this guy, man, this guy. And obviously, we're also blessed with like another amazing forward who is having is still having a bit of a weird season, but was fucking sublime on Wednesday night like his first goal Sonny I'm talking about of course his first goal was obviously just like a, a perfect piece of um like the classic Kane and Son combination a beautiful goal like on the move but his second goal that volley I feel like everyone in the stadium probably just like jumped out of their seats right yeah, because for those of you that follow me on Twitter, like you know that I'm on a Wednesday night, I, I struggle to make games because of like school. So I was literally walking up the stairs of the stadium as the song was through on goal. It was like something out of a film, and I I walked into the archway of of the South Stand as he was through on goal and saw him score. It was like it was amazing. Couldn't have been better timing. But that volley, man, that's such an insane finish, and I think it's underrated. Like the technique of that goal is insane, and also shout out to Hoybier because that was a brilliant brilliant assist for it as well. And um, I think the, the thing with Son is like he's because of his like golden boot last season. We now sort of expect him a goal every single game. But I thought he was really good against Everton, to be honest. I thought he was a lot better than he has been in the games where he's not been scoring lately. Because at the beginning of the season, when he wasn't scoring, he was also terrible, like a, like actively bad. But I thought against Everton, he was really good and really bright the whole time. And um, it was a much better non-scoring performance from him. But I just sometimes feel like as fans, when he doesn't score, we think, oh no, he's rubbish again. But um, I thought that was a really good performance against Everton as well. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And there were some quite funny moments as well, because obviously Pickford is like 50% good goalkeeper, 50% absolute fucking lunatic. And we just come like, like, I don't even feel like you can call it like racing off your line. It's just like running down the pitch. And, there, and he did that like three times. And Sonny was like, I'm going to, you know, at some point, I was like, you're going to get beaten in a foot race and Sonny's going to score. And it was quite unlucky in a way that it didn't happen I think because that was just pure chaos waiting to happen that's the other thing that penalty I can't I don't want to bring in too much like nonsense online chatter about it but I can't believe there was any conversation about that penalty because even Pickford was like oh guys my bad I'm sorry yeah it's like the most obvious penalty I've ever seen like he literally headbutted Kane's leg 
He had, and then he was like, because I, I sit in the south side, literally front row, right behind that goal. He was like really apologetic to the players. Like he obviously knew he fucked up. It's like the most stonewall penalty you'll ever see. But because it's Harry Kane, the discourse online is, you know, was it a penalty? Has he made a meal of it? So like, no way, man. That's a, like, it's a clear penalty. I know we're just going to be doing this till like the, the day we die, aren't we? Just like defending Kane from all of the like ridiculous noise around him. Um, I can we just yeah can we like circle back a little bit to Matt Doherty because I don't really feel like we gave him quite enough credit like you mentioned him earlier but he played really really well didn't he he really like now is sort of approaching the form I think that he like hit towards the end of last season before his like horrific injury and that like Conte hug was beautiful yeah, he was a, he was a lot better, and and I think like perhaps we underestimate how bad the injury was, or what kind of effect it had on him because Conte sort of alluded to it, but you know he said that he didn't see the real like Matthew or whatever he calls him um, for a while. So he's like got that back now, and like yeah, it's just good for us because we've got like Emerson who you just never know what you're going to get, Matthew who hopefully plays like that every week, and then Spence like in the cut. Um, for all the Twitter fanboys who have a meltdown when he doesn't play. So, yeah, hopefully, like, we'll just get more of that level because we really need it. I can't believe Conte doesn't call him Doey. The two worst nicknames that Harry Kane has ever came up for both playing, one is Doey and one is Picky, who he calls Pickford. Like, Harry Kane needs to get better as nickname games. But I I just kind of think this is all happening at the right time because, um, you know... I know he only got a minute in the end or whatever it was, but it's going to be a big boost for Spence that he got playing again. Um, and I think it's like, the, again, you're going to start to see more minutes for him now. Doherty is probably like absolutely buzzing now. And Emerson is Emerson. You know, ex- you know you're always going to, Conte is going to always play Emerson um, at least every other game. So he'll probably play against Sporting, um, at, you know, midweek in a couple of weeks time. So now, like Ash said, we've got three right backs going for it. And everything seems to be sort of happening at the right time. Like Mora, Giel are coming back from injury. Um, Kudoseski seems to be coming back from injury. Richie is only two weeks away from injury, as it's been reported today. So it seems like everything is sort of, it's almost like Conte's controlled it to be to be sort of peaking at the very right time in the season. Um, and I think, you know, we've still got, I think we've got five, five Premier League games, is it? And three of them are at home. We've got a Champions League game in there as well. And we're going to need all these players, man. So it's good that we're finally seeing the, the sort of depths of the squad in action. And even when we've had injuries, we seem to have been like quite lucky with it. I feel, you know, like I did say this before and like I felt really bad for a Charleston, but thank God he's only going to be out for a couple of weeks. But that front three, as we've discussed before, just kind of wasn't really working. So it's just like been timed perfectly that Basuma can actually just kind of slot in now. And that is that's surely it until Kulusevsky comes back like I don't know really know why I'm saying that because Conte like I you know I'm just I'm not going to question that man it's crazy but I probably definitely would like to see the 3-5-2 on Wednesday yeah I just love Conte's like mad dedication to the 3-4-3 because someone basically asked him that on in the press today and he was like well I, I might just play Perisic as a forward or I might just play more, or I might just play Hill. Like he is so worded to that formation. So I do think he will play 3 5 2 this time, but I just love that in the back of his mind, he's like, I could just play Perisic, to be honest. 
And I'd be fine with that, actually, because Perisic was also fantastic on Saturday. His control, I just I just feel like that's next level, to be honest. I don't I feel like some of we were a bit unlucky maybe to not score off some of his deliveries or maybe it just kind of wasn't quite gelling on that day. But the way that man can control a ball, I just I feel blessed to have seen it. I do feel like as well, if I'm kind of harsh that Sessignon was dropped, he's been in like really good form. So maybe we could get both of them like, and yeah, maybe we could get both of them at the weekend, like uh, Sessignon left back and Perisic left wing. That's the kind of mad thing that Conte would do because yeah, again, as I was just saying just now, like it seems to be all the players are coming into form at the very right time because Sessignon was dropped after some really, really good performances against Brighton and uh, Frankfurt. What do we feel is going to happen on Wednesday, like formation-wise, and do you feel good about it? Ash, I'm going to hit you with that one because I feel like you were quite optimistic about it earlier. And I can't say that I am, but I want to be like, I, I want a reason to hope. Can you give me one? I am optimistic because of the way that we're playing and the manager we've got, but um, Ericsson being back like worries me because apparently I didn't see the main eye game on Sunday, but apparently they were really poor and he was missing. So him being back in the team, I don't know, like that's just a concern and obviously he's going to be really up for it. Um, but I feel like we played really well there last season and we were quite unlucky, like not to get something at least. Um, so I think we have to be confident um, as we can be going to like that ground because we're always very unlucky and there's all types of madness that happens. But uh, in terms of the formation, I want to see the, I want to see the three in midfield as well. I really want to see that. And I think the rest of the team probably picks itself. Yeah. So would you go, when you say picks itself though, do you, are you going with Perisic on the left? Yeah, I'm going with Perisic. Mm -hmm. Like for me, like in the, those big games, I want like Perisic to play. I have to have him in there. And then, like, I'd start like Doey as well, and then, uh, and then bring. I'd actually bring like Lengley back in because I know that he just switches them round. But I think like I'd start with him like for for this game as well. Yeah, maybe I was about to like express my like shock and horror, but actually, I would also be fine with that. Um, and given that it's a Wednesday, that feels kind of okay I was also quite yeah disappointed I didn't realize that um Ericsson wasn't playing at the weekend and I thought that's a really I mean it's a good result for us for them against Newcastle but I didn't and also he's just he's not injured he's just ill do you feel, do we feel like he would actually be that up for it though I'm not really sure that I associate that with Ericsson particularly no he never sort of well this is famous last words now but he never sort of strikes me as that kind of those kind of things that motivate him, like playing against us or playing against Conte and like proving people wrong. He's just like a, he sort of seems like so laissez-faire about things like that, doesn't he? I, I don't think that's going to be motivating him. I do think he'll, he, you know, he's a, you don't want to be playing against him really because he can have such an influence on the games. But I don't think in this game in particular, like motivate him to do even better than normal or anything. Yeah, I agree. Do you, again, I'm not going to do predictions, but do you feel like, could we possibly win? So I feel like in good conscience, I cannot predict anything more glorious than a draw, which I really, really, really hope I'm proved completely. Well, not com yeah, yeah, wrong about, but not that we lose, that we win. Anyway, I'm just going to stop rambling and just throw it over to you guys and what you think. 
Um, I think it might be a draw as well, and I don't think that's a bad result at all. Like, I just, I think this is a big, big test for us. If we come out of it unbeaten, um, we're doing fine. But if we win it, then I think we, you know, we have the right to maybe really start to believe that we're in some sort of title race, as crazy as that sounds. But if we do want to be in considered as like a really, really top team, it's the kind of game you just must not lose. Um, you know, away at Man United, it's, you know, it's not a game that we can necessarily just think that we're going to win easily. Um, so, yeah, I would, wouldn't be at all disappointed with a draw. And I think, like, in terms of the team, I think you're going to go 5-3-2. Like, you just can't drop Hoybier and Bentancur at the moment. Um, but I think Basuma will come in. But, like, Hoybier and Bentancur are really looking like a really special partnership. Um, and I know you, you mentioned last week, Rose, it's the kind of thing we haven't seen since um, the days, the Hallison days of uh, Dembele, Amanyama, that we haven't seen that kind of partnership develop for a long time. So it's been buzzing to see that really. Yeah. And I just, I can't believe how many, like, I don't think we have very many like Bentoncourt haters, except like hilarious, uh, bitter Juve fans. But like the amount of Hoibier haters, I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand what you're doing or, or what you're watching or what you're expecting or what you're seeing. Like Ollie spent you know, far too long on Twitter the other week arguing with fellow Spurs fans about Hoybier. And I'm like, this this needs to stop, man. Let's we've got to stop like tearing ourselves down. We're like clowning ourselves with this because he is sincerely flawless. He's having an amazing season as well. If you take Kane out of the equation, because obviously like his like standard level is an absolute joke. Like Hoyberg's like been the best player. Like he's been really, really good all season, and like all the stuff that we like saw in the European Championships of him like progressing the ball forward and like scoring, setting up goals. Like we're now seeing like that side of him, um, and you know, in the three as well, probably will get more goals. So yeah, it's 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 weird to have like this group of like Spurs fans that like actively go out of their way to dislike him. It's completely weird, but um, yeah, like long may him and. Uh, Bentoncourt like keep playing like this because it's it's really really special yeah Bentoncourt looked amazing as well on Saturday and just one other player because I know people have been sort of not here I don't think but people have been slightly like is Romero okay this season he didn't possibly maybe people thought he wasn't quite like up to his usual standards I thought he looked immense on Saturday and I, as you know, I'm a Gentle Ben fan and that was, I obviously had the pleasure of like watching him like quite close up from that side, but also there's a something, there's something different about Romero and you can really, really see it even more when you're up close. He just is so strong and elegant and cool and classy. So I don't know who's worried about him, but I don't think we need to be at all anymore. Yeah, man. And I just love that you just like randomly look up in a game and like Romero's just like in the box. Like, bro, you're literally a defender. What are you doing? But I, I love that about him. And I think like that, the, the, the what you sort of associate with classic Romero is like the the aggressiveness in the tackle and stuff. And that was really evident on Saturday again. And again, it's one of those things where a lot of people maybe doubt him, the way that he's playing is partly in due to the World Cup, but he didn't show any signs of like holding back against Everton. Um, yeah, it's good to see him back at his very best, I think. Ash, I'm not going to make you do a prediction because we don't do that with me anymore. So, but I do want to know for Wednesday, do you 
are you going to go for a draw or are you going to hold out for the win? No, I want to win. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, I my sort of standard position at the start of the season is like, I want to go for the title. So until like that's off the table, like I need the win. So I really want us to like go there and like show up and like get the three points and like, yeah, really be in the title race. Like yeah. I think it would be a huge statement to win there. Like, it, would really be, it would be massive. And it would be the first time, right, this season that one of the like top teams has been another one away because it seems to be that that's just not what's happening at all this season like obviously I think think um, I think our point against Chelsea is the only point someone has got away against a top six team Mm -hmm. I've read that today which is crazy and that felt big at the time it'll be a massive it'll be such a big win man I really I really would love to just turn up there and beat them which we can do we're a better team on paper we've got a better squad got better players it's just like this is one of the steps that we have to take if we're ever going to be a serious team. We've just got to turn up there and win. Yeah, I want it so much. I really, really want it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love this for us. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope, hope, hope. And do you know what? Fuck it. Like, if, you know, the time will come when we're proved wrong, but let's just go for it in the meantime. Um, if that is everything on the men's team, I'm just going to do like a quick sort of recap on what happened to the women at the weekend. It was our first game, our first home game. Um, at Leighton Orient and we won 1-0 with um, it was we played against Liverpool who've been doing really well it was an own goal but actually from what I saw I didn't get to see a lot of it I saw the highlights such as they are um, but actually it looked like we played really really well particularly in the first half um, just some really really lovely attacking moves again it looked like Ash Neville was the star player but it seems like the sort of new front players are getting in a bit more on the action, I think the own goal came from um, a Bizet shot. So, and then there were just, we had a couple more opportunities to add some more goals, but it just didn't quite happen. But it seems like it just looked like a good performance from what I could see. And this weekend, we've got Man City at home. Now, obviously, they're a bit scary, but they're also kind of a rabble this season and it seems like everyone hates the manager and they're all they're slightly all over the place so like again I'm just gonna go and just say I feel quite positive they're behind us in the table um obviously they've got players like Lauren Hemp um who is brilliant so that's quite frightening but I feel like we could possibly get something out of it so I'm quite excited to see that um with that shall we move on to the last part of the podcast culture picks ash it's been ages since you've been on and we need to know what culture you are consuming so please hit us with your best recommendations um on my deathbed i I just watched everything so i watched like the stanley tucci italy show um i watched the entire season of the bear um which is amazing um i watched like all of industry um which is also incredible um and obviously i've been watching like the house of dragons uh which has been insane and i just i literally just watched the new episode before the before this okay uh, i haven't watched it yet so i'm gonna do that tomorrow and i've had to mute every single like related word on twitter and i was a bit like 
I don't know if I should go for like the various like misspellings as well, just in case. <laughs> so yeah, but so far that show has been incredible. I that Stanley Tucci thing, I really need to watch it, man, because he's such a dreamboat. Don't watch it if you're hungry. No. Like seriously, I had to switch it off because I was like, I'm I'm quite hungry and this is like killing me. But um, yeah, I've just been watching basically every TV show that there is at the moment. I need that. I just need to be somewhere away from my children where I can just like yeah, catch me. up on everything. <laughs> this is it. I just, well, to be honest, even when I'm ill, there's no escape, unfortunately. So it literally needs to be like, I don't know. I'll just have to like invent a sort of work trip or something. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, what are you watching, listening to, etc.? Yeah, man, it's officially like spooky season, Halloween on the horizon. I'm trying to bang through a lot of uh, horror films at the moment. I watched X on Friday, which is well good. That's like my best horror film I've seen for uh, this Halloween season. Um, it's kind of like, like a modern slasher film. Um, it's also free on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it. Um, and it's just really good. It's really, really good. I'm also seeing like, I think I'm seeing Smile and Halloween Ends both this week in cinema. Um, so yeah, I'm in ha- full Halloween modes, but um, X is a really, really good horror film, like a modern horror film. If you're feeling like something to watch for Halloween, I really recommend it. I'm also watching Industry and the Bear as, as well as Ash, um, which are just two like chaotic cocaine energy shows um, with lots of cocaine in actually at the same time. And it's just, yeah, they're very, very stressful. Like, I watched, I did literally watch an industry just before this. And this thing is happening where there's this telephone call. I have absolutely no clue what's going on in any of it, but I really, really feel it. I don't understand any of the jargon or any of the finance stuff at all, but I really felt it, man. It's, it's a great show industry. If anyone's not watching industry, get on that. That would be me, basically. But I just like, again, I don't have time for anything in my life that's not dragons or dancing. I've got nothing to recommend this week except... Um, just go and watch Fleur and Vito's Argentine Tango from Strictly at the weekend. That's it. It was uh, spectacular. <laughs> and Tom, Tom is not here to. to I know, to so I'm going to save it. On these things. <laughs> he, he's 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 missed out on an absolute banger of a show. So hopefully he hopefully he'll catch up with that, and we can just like you know add an extra half hour to the pod. Um, thanks guys for all your insights, all your recommendations. Just lovely to chat as always. Billy, will you see us out? Up the spurs. <laughs>